David Walker makes his weekly appearance to recap the Hornets' eighth straight loss. This time it comes against the Clippers. Then we play a little shoe you got at the end of the show today. All on Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, in a minute, cuz we live. We live. <laughs> Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We are free and available anywhere you get your podcast, and that includes YouTube. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time. Game Time. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. What you can do is download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. That's David Walker. You can find him on Twitter at David B. Walker. And that's Doug Branson. You can find him on his Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. You can also see him here on YouTube, not only sporting a Hornets Christmas sweater, but also mm. sporting a mustache that is yes. real clean shaven. Really? I mean, uh-huh. You've been real experimental with the facial hair here recently. Well, as the losses pile up, <laughs> things get stranger. Okay, you know, I mean, I've got a sickness. stranger danger. One one might say, <laughs> maybe <laughs> that's is that what that screams to you? <laughs> I do have an unmarked van that I haven't used in a while. No, uh, no. So, uh, yeah, things are getting stranger. Eight straight losses, and and the sickness is manifesting itself in a, in a variety of ways, including on my face. Well, they're all right. So Doug's Doug's face representative of the Hornet season, the eighth straight loss that they suffered. (laughs) Let's get weird. So, yeah, they suffered the loss against the Clippers. You know, we hopped on the mic right before we're about to record. And, you know, the jokes are flying in. Right. Here's just another day at the office with the Hornets losing. You know, I, I didn't feel angry at the Hornets last night, Doug. Like, I, I know I don't I don't watch this game and think. Man, it's just the Hornets being the Hornets here. I mean, th- this is on the road against a team that is starting to gel very well. Now, you didn't have Kawhi Leonard in this one, and he had been playing like an MVP candidate. Maybe you thought of that as an opportunity, but you still have Paul George. James Harden is just straight up James Harden again, at least whatever he was at his peak in Philadelphia, if not going straight MVP campaign, James Harden in Houston. You also have Russell Westbrook coming off of the bench, accepting that role more. And he played well in this one too. It it felt like defense was not atrocious. I will take them holding LA to 113 points. I do think that they got out on shooters enough and Harden, Paul George, they hit some contested threes. I thought this was the best passing game from the Hornets this year. Wow. That that did not include. You got a top three? (laughs) Give me a top three passing games. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, but you interrupted, and so that's a dollar. I thought this was the best passing game I had seen all season long. That did not include your best passer in LaMelo, and that didn't involve Terry Rozier as much passing. I know he played. But we saw Miles Bridges, I think, have some nice dishes. I think Gordon Hayward actually did have some nice passes when he was playing. Uh, so, yeah, like th- there were some things that I took away that were positives. And even though they lost, I didn't expect to win this game anyway. Uh, I don't advise anyone to get angry over the Hornets at this point. There's just no reason. That's like getting angry at like one of those three-legged dogs that they build like a Lego, you know, wheelchair oh. for that, that you know, sports them around robot style. Like you, they, they only – deserve our pity at this point because you know they're finally getting some healthy role players back Cody Martin we'll talk about him in just a second but he's 
just coming back ready to go. <clears throat> I mean, Mr. Fresh Legs, that's a dollar. Um, he's looking great, but then they now they're shuffling out starters left and right. Nobody can get in, into a groove, and they can't seem to sync up offensive excellence and defensive excellence. You know, over the past two games against really elite Western Conference competition, they've showcased some of the best defense that they've shown all season, and yet they can't hit a three to save their lives. So, like, they just can't put it all together, David. Yeah, I know, and they really need those threes. I mean, that's been their formula for success. It's like it's like you know, make every free throw and then hit a bunch of threes. And Terry, in particular, was struggling last night. Nightmare. Yeah. Uh, so, so that was that was tough. And uh, you know, um, th- I forgot that Russell Westbrook was on the team for for the Clippers at one point last night. Just not not because he wasn't playing well, but I was like, look, you know, the Hornets they don't have their superstar. You're basically going up against two, and then you see Russ like just sprinting in off the bench, and I'm like, yeah, this is the deck stacked against these guys tonight. So it's 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 going to be tough. Um, Westbrook but, almost know, had guys, a triple double. He had four. He had 14 <laughs> points, 11 yeah. rebounds, six assists, two steals, and a block shot off the bench. Yeah, yeah. But look, eight losses—that's nothing, guys. You got teams out here. You know, putting up 20, 27, 28 in a row. Come on. Hey, thank that's you. Not, that's child's play. Yeah. Talk to me in another 20 games if they still haven't gotten a victory. And then I'll really start to get angry at the three legged dog that is the Charlotte Hornets. But right now, I'm good. It's still cute. It's not messing with the Pistons. That's an ugly dog right there. Right. But you can tell just in the way that, that Clifford seems to be operating after this game, if he is any kind of manifestation, of the rest of the team. If he's eating the grief of the rest of his team and showcasing it in front of Ashley Shahamadi, then then these losses are starting to wear on the Hornets. There aren't there aren't moral victories to hand out here. These are these are both games against Denver and it's not like these games weren't winnable and they weren't getting blown mm-hmm. out. They, they they had opportunities in the fourth quarter they begin this fourth quarter on an 11-2 run yeah. that seats them in the lead and then proceed to give up a 6-0 run to tie the game, timeout, after the timeout. P.J. Washington, I don't know who he was throwing it to, horrible turnover. And the the, uh, the Clippers expand that 6-0 run after the timeout. They expand it to 14-0 run. And, and that was all she wrote. They're, they're making mistakes down the stretch. And, yes, you know there are excuses that you can look to, but I don't think that's what this team's doing right now. They're not looking at the excuses. They're looking at, hey – there are chances to give us some kind of hope for the future once we get guys back. And now they're starting to look at the standings and going, I don't know. Well, yeah, and and they might not be giving themselves excuses, and that's great. I embrace that. You should embrace yeah, yeah. that from your favorite team. But the fact is, this team has limitations, and they don't want to admit them, and nor do I want them to, but they still have those limitations. I mean, I look at this box score, and they have 31 assists. Remember when they were on that record pace and they averaged 28 assists per game a couple of years ago, and that was the best of all time. And the Hornets had 31 last night and Terry Rozier had seven of them, but everybody else had to contribute in a way where they were cutting, they were attacking. I mean, I thought Bryce McGowan's came out firing in the first quarter. And I think that's his recipe for success in this league. I mean, he's done such a great job getting to the foul line. He That was what he did at Nebraska. We saw a little bit of that last year. First quarter, he's attacking and hitting tough shots. Hit one in the third, I believe, that was of the attacking mold. And then you had P.J. cutting, Miles Bridges doing the same thing. 
but they didn't hit threes, as you mentioned. I mean, they were atrocious from behind the arc, and the Clippers hit contested ones. They shot 41%. Yeah. So I thought the game plan, I didn't watch this team and think anything about a lack of effort or really, I mean, a lack of execution of the play. This was very much so fall in the cliche of make or miss league, and the Hornets missed a lot of shots from deep, and that was the reason that they lost. And the fact that they were even in this game against that team, against a couple of stars playing like all NBA guys right now, like I, I did take away a moral victory knowing what the task at hand is here because I don't expect them to win. And so, yes, I have been conditioned to look for some of these moral victories. I found a decent last, uh, decent amount last night, to be honest with you. I don't want to be this, but this is the team that we judge. And so, therefore, that is the thing that I take away from this game. Yeah, and, 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 and of course, they lost Gordon Hayward in the middle of this game. That's a new one. That's a new one we see. Just, <laughs> right. you know, losing, losing guys that, that were actually playing in actual games. And then they just you disappear see him off leave. the floor. You even see him uh, leave. But I, but I, but I did think they they really missed him in that stretch in the fourth quarter when I thought the offense bogged down a, a good bit. It was like a 17, 17 to two run, uh, Doug. That one that you were mentioning at one point, and they just didn't get a lot of great shots. The Clippers, you know, kind of poured it on on the offensive end against them, and they couldn't find a way to, to stop that. And they went on that little stretch where it wasn't pretty to watch. But other than that, they did have some things that you like to see. Well, and real quickly at the beginning, it, it's them running Gordon Hayward. All right, so Gordon Hayward dribbles. He can't get past everyone, but then he kicks out and then mm -hmm. allows everybody else to get a beat on their man. Whereas if Miles Bridges is attacking, he's looking to score. Bryce McGowan's looking to score. Even PJ was finishing his twos last night. So that's what you're looking at. And when Gordon goes down, now you don't have that initial playmaker yeah. where terry you know that was happening at least in the first half and terry was firing up some shots also that's what you would expect from him yeah just it's it's gonna be tough man with, with did anyone see no one answered my question did anyone see gordon hayward leave i feel like the injury report at the end of this game needed to say gordon hayward raptured vanished <laughs> like i didn't see him leave the bench he was just just... suddenly gone his uniform neatly folded uh, on on his seat at the bench um top three passing games just by assist alone was the win in atlanta to open the season 34 mm -hmm. assists but they had 19 turnovers so don't think you can call that the best passing game the loss to brooklyn right before halloween they had 33 assists in that game only nine turnovers and then coming in at third tied for third overall assist is this clippers game with a miami game and a washington win on 11 10. So those are top passing mm. games. Yeah, the, the, and this one, this one looked great again. And th again, this one is not with Lamelo. The Brooklyn game, Lamelo. Atlanta game, Lamelo. This one, not having him and still finishing up there. I just thought they were moving the ball like hell. And that was one of the messages from Steve Clifford. He was mad against the Nuggets how they played ISO ball. It this team kind of listened as we talk <laughs> about the message not getting through to this team. One of the number one things Steve Clifford said after the Nuggets game was first half, our passing was good. Second half, we were entirely too based in ISO offense. What happens here? They move the ball a lot. I that That's a point for Steve as far as the, oh, the old message. It just, we don't want to listen to it anymore. That happens with every coach about to exit a franchise. At least they picked it up here. So kudos, Steve. Kudos, They're moving team. the ball like hell, and Gordon Hayward went to heaven. <laughs> Go ahead and take it. Getting swiggy with it off of that is, is Doug Branson. All right, let's continue on. Uh, Cody Martin, Doug was giving him some praise. Should we give him some more? Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets Don't podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. 
How has Cody Martin looked after a long wait in a couple of games back from an injury where he didn't even play in a year's worth of time? We'll get to that in just a moment on Locked on Hornets. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for this. I, week. I guarantee you, it eBay will not be Mark Williams. He is so yeah. mad. He is so. It's so. If you don't follow him on Twitter, please go follow Josh Lloyd on Twitter. It's so. Fun to see him be so mad about the Hornets making Mark Williams doubtful for the 100th straight game. What, what's funny is he said, I, I look, my favorite team put out an injury report again. <laughs> he's just fully <laughs> leaning into it. And then Mark Williams is listed as out. And I think he's cursing now on Twitter. Like, yeah, oh, yes. Now, one word tweets mean, why are they not telling me that Mark Williams is just going to be out already? Why are they just not telling me that? One of the players that he picked was Dante Exum. Coming, I think this is oh, the yeah. second time that we've seen Dante Exum. Jason Kidd said that when healthy, the Mavs are still planning on starting Exum. His shooting will regress, but that role is enticing. And also Isaiah Hartenstein. It appears Mitchell Robinson is out for the season. Hartenstein is the clear ad if he's available. I think that was a a long, you know, crown jewel for the Hornets and free agency, as bad as that may sound, but we just wanted some center depth, and Hardenstein was a guy that we were all looking at. Uh, With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can now make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or you get your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, you're not burning cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Cody Martin, coming up next. All right, Doug, something we didn't get to yesterday was the return of Cody Martin after a long wait where just as Josh Lloyd is frustrated with the injury designation of Mark Williams, we just had zero information on when Cody Martin was going to be available. And also Josh was mad at that too. He had plenty of tweets about that as well with being angry about Cody Martin. But we would hear from Steve Clifford. I think the most candid he's been about Cody's injury has been in his like every week or every two weeks or so appearances with Kyle Bailey, where he would tell you every time they try to ramp it up with him, he just can't go anymore. And then he has a setback. And so they're careful with him. He ramps it up. He has a setback. And that seems in line with what we saw last year. So he gets injured within 30 seconds against the Spurs in that opener, then tries to come back, play seven games total, doesn't really have enough to go. And here he is, Doug, where I I think he looks like a trying to get back in the swing of things after a year's off worth of time Cody Martin should look. I, there was there was the one explosion play where he got the ball unexpectedly about the free throw line mm-hmm. and didn't have a big launching point, but just was able to dunk it like in traffic. And it's not like he got a running start. So there's some of that explosion, I thought, if you will, might be some fresh legs. How do you think Cody Martin looks, Doug? Yeah, fresh legs, two-way play, the the chase down block yep. that he had. I mean, oh, he, yeah. he came out of nowhere. And you can't say that about a lot of guys on this team. Well, they just came out of nowhere. No, the 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 combination of athleticism, 
and just running back hard is something that this team was was very short on pre-Cody Martin coming back. And a testament to him that he has looked so in the groove, so fresh, so in shape. He's obviously, and, and I think we knew this, this wasn't a surprise, but he had been working very hard to get back. There was no question about that. We were, I think a lot of Hornets fans were frustrated that he wasn't back. But I don't think a lot of maybe some Hornets fans were were questioning his kind of want to. They were, uh, yeah, they, I, and I, it was, and I mean, that was I probably unfair. There, and that was probably blood. unfair based on what we what we what was being reported, which is that he really did want to get back and play. It's not like they gave him, you know, some massive <laughs> yeah. world changing contract. He's not making a max deal, right? I mean, he's playing for his next deal. Well, really, he wasn't playing for his next deal. Uh, that that was hurting him. So testament to him that he stuck with it, and and to the team for being patient. And, and obviously, we've got some games to go before we can really like have a sigh of relief that he's okay. That that we're not going to see what what happened at the beginning of last season where he plays, you know, what a, a couple of minutes and is out again. But he's made it two games, and so you know they were patient with this. And if they can have him for the rest of the season, that's obviously going to benefit this team that needs his services. He's a, he's a good player. He's a rotation. He's a solid NBA rotation player, which the Hornets desperately need. Yeah, really. At what point, Doug, last night did you say, maybe they did keep the right twin? Okay, good. Good question, uh, because a couple of people uh, were tweeting about that. <laughs> so when I said wrong twin... Uh, I go. never hold Back on hold, hold on you're not even letting me start much less finish when I said wrong twin it wasn't about Cody Martin's skill set it was a it was about his availability and, and really it was about what Caleb Martin was doing in Miami it was just the contrast of not having what I knew Cody could give this team and what I was seeing happening with Caleb Martin. That's all that was about. Really, I know that I knew then that Cody Martin was a very skilled player. And if he was on the floor, he could be an impact player for this team. I mean, he led, the, he ne- nearly or did lead the team in three point shooting for a season. And, and, you know, while I think we probably slightly overrate his defensive impact, I mean, he had a block shot and what, two steals in this game? He was all four. over the floor. Yeah, four steals. Four so steals, had, excuse me. Five stocks, man. Yeah. Like, you're just coming back. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think we slightly overrate his ability to guard like elite talent one on one, but he, you know, he's an effort player and he was showing yeah. it against, uh, he was showing it against the Clippers. Yeah. He's an effort player then. And that almost feels like a, a slight or something, but he's, he's really good all around. And, uh, the energy that he gives on like loose balls and and getting those steals, it feels like it is, um, you know, infectious to the whole rest of the team, right? Like like that brings them up a level, and, and gives them an extra boost, man. And so it's just it's refreshing to see Hornets fans are so um, just gun shy about injuries at this point that it's it's it's, it's understandable you know, when they get frustrated. But obviously, I'm sure no one was more frustrated than Cody and his inability to get back on the floor. But it's it, you can see it in the, in the team and just in the bounce that, that he kind of gives to the rest of the guys out there that it's it's a major boost to get him back. And he does look good, man. I mean, I'll say that, like, when they're bringing guys back, as long as they can stay on the floor, they look like they're ready to go. Uh, and he reminded me of his twin a little bit in those, you know, in that playoff run last last year because he looks he looks really good. 
they 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 just need the bodies, man. I mean, look, when you're matching a Russell Westbrook sub with the Ish Smith sub, God bless. It's just, well, the know? Thor sub. I mean, the Thor Thor's oh. getting the D, the, we're, we're getting less Thor, maybe never again Thor. He's yep. getting the DNP with Cody Martin back, and w- why he's getting the DNP is because. They were losing – now, look, there's a variety of reasons why they're losing games wow. right now. But they were losing games previously because they couldn't count on one single player off the bench giving them 8 to 10 points. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's part of what Cody Martin represents. You can count on him to do that. And if need be, he can start. And if need be, uh, he can play a little point guard. He's done that for this team. Honestly, I would advocate for more back. Cody yeah. Martin at this point and more Nick Smith Jr. and oh, less yeah. Ish Smith. That's what Ooh, I think should happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very excited to see Nick Smith come in there. Uh, he gave some Cody Martin-like energy, uh, in, in my opinion. I mean, you know, he's a rookie. Uh, so I was watching him on defense, waiting for him to just get completely lost or, 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 or you know, spun around out there. And, and he really didn't. Uh, but, you know, uh, he's, he's very um, – I know we're talking about Cody Martin here, but I saw a lot of Cody Martin in that Nick Smith energy. Uh, you know, he's he's really trying hard. He's hitting a three every once in a while, and he feels like another connector. And, and they need somebody out there who can be an impact player and a connector. That the, the ultimate glue guy for them is Cody Martin, but it feels like Nick Smith Jr. also needs a, a few more minutes, in my opinion. It's just nice to see him out there. What Nick Smith Jr., I don't know if you heard this, but Nick Smith Jr. was consulting with Cody Martin on how to slide his feet to be a better defender. And I really do feel like if you're Nick Smith Jr., you're right, you're kind of right on the edge of that yeah. rotation. A little bit of this is about politicking. And and to get that out there that, hey, hey, coach, huh, look who I look who I'm talking to. Hey. I'm talking to the guy about sliding my feet on defense. You like that, right? Like, I mean, I think there's a little bit of that going on. I think he's smart for doing that. Um, Final thing on Cody Martin. I'm excited to see Brandon Miller and Cody Martin play minutes together because I think so much of it has been Brandon being, getting put on some of the harder assignments with the other squad. And so if you bring in Cody yeah. at the two, Brandon at the yeah. three, they yeah. played five minutes oh. together before Brandon hit the deck in that Talk first quarter. But Cody Martin at the two, Brandon at the three, then you're talking about P.J., Miles, whoever the center is at that point. That's what I want to see and just how much that frees Brandon up. And offensively, what I really like about both of those guys together, they actually do something very similarly in that they're both really good cutters. Brandon more so the sneaky, you're not paying attention to me, so I'm going to make you look like a fool kind of cut, where Cody just is is making the right one, where defense is not rotating back in time, and he just makes a beeline for it on the baseline and is able to get some nice baskets that way. I think he's really good at that. So the fact that you could have two lurkers in the corner and then just see if the defense isn't paying attention or just beat you to the spot. And remember, they, they did a nice job cutting last night. That's how there were some assists. That's how there were some lobs. There were a decent amount of dunks. Good dunk game for the Hornets. So I'd, I'd like to see what Cody and Brandon can do together. And then whoever's your lead guard, whoever fills out the rest of your front court. Uh, you had another thought on that before well, we move on? Uh, the reason why they had a lot of assists, it's, ama- it's really amazing that they had this many assists when they were shooting this poorly from three. Yeah, <laughs> like that's they were in the paint. Cutting, they were cutting, yeah. yeah. Well, they were cutting, but they were finishing at the rim. Yeah. And part of that, mm-hmm. I think, is the the one guy that I also wanted to get to, which was Bryce McGowan's, For who sure. was finishing in the lane through contact, looking really athletic. And once again, here we are, Bryce McGowan's getting the starting opportunity and raising his game. 
And now what I'm what I would like Bryce to do is to filter back to the bench, although with Cody Martin back, I don't know. He might might filter way, way back into the bench. But I'd like to see some of that off the bench, like take those opportunities and yeah. do it there too. Yeah, because if LaMelo comes back, then is it Nick Smith Jr. going? I mean, that's that's going to be tough. Fans aren't going to be thrilled with Bryce getting the minutes over Nick Smith Jr. If you're going with no, they're not. a Hornets hive, a Hornets hierarchy, is that something? Hornets oh, hierarchy, we can like keep that. going. And Nick Smith Jr. is certainly ahead of Bryce McGowan. What right? this is the best two two guard play that the Hornets have had, like two guard depth that they've had, maybe. <laughs> Maybe in uh, franchise ever. history, they don't have the best two. They don't have the best two guard in franchise history. But just in terms of the number of guys they can count on at that position, this is a, a pretty crazy mm-hmm. time in Hornets history with that position in particular. <laughs> crazy time. Crazy time. Yeah, that, but that's not. No, that's know, not. Again, that's not a. That's not a reflection of the supreme level of talent yes. that they currently possess. It's a reflection of the 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 lack of talent they've had at they the featured at that position oh those many years trust um, me that's not why david and i were laughing we were we got the joke for sure we were not you know, they, <laughs> we were not that's ridiculous they've had such an extensive history of two guards in the past that was yes we we get the joke very much so all right one more segment to go coming up next on the lockdown hornets Don't podcast on the hornets just yet david's here so we play some shoe you got and i think doug is going to just embrace all of the hatred that david had for yes. one player's shoes it's you know we're only <laughs> feeding the beast here but it's going to happen yes. stay tuned to find out how doug is fed in the last segment of lockdown hornets this episode is brought to you by game time game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase and you can see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive all in prices show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees buy tickets in seconds with just two taps they're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets too game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event so it's great for procrastinators and it's even an hour after it starts too you can still buy those tickets it's the place to find those last minute seats and the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference not even just 100 just 100 like that would be bad 110 percent of the difference you can take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nba for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account redeem code l-o-c-k-e-d O-N-N-B-A, Locked On NBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. More Locked On Hornets ahead. Lots of people getting shouts in this game. It, it, that's what it felt like, right? They, they lose, but also it felt like people played well. There, there were some Hornets that actually played well here. Oh, yeah. What's another shout you want to give out, Doug? I want to go back to Nick Smith Jr. and shout out the – because he hit the three – in the fourth quarter and it made me think of a I think the nickname that I'm going to land on with him if he keeps this up in the fourth quarter if he keeps throwing some exciting plays I'm going to go Nick at night I feel like that's going to be what I land on we're still workshopping it but Nick at night yeah you know especially on the west coast I mean giving me a reason to stay up boy these late tips are brutal but the shout out is not the three-point shot because we know he can do that 
We have some questions about the rest of his game, and I think Clifford does as well, and I think whether he can improve on those things when he gets opportunities the rest of the season will, if, if Clifford's still the coach next season, will determine you know his spot in the rotation for next year. It was two possessions later. Well, really, the next possession, he goes down the floor, next offensive possession. I don't know if you saw this. He was begging. He was wide open yeah. on the wing, oh, begging God. for the yeah. ball. And Terry Rozier said, nah, Rook, I got I to gotta get off the schneid here. It's fourth quarter. It's Terry time. <laughs> and he dribbled the ever-loving bleep out of the ball. Did hit the floater, to be fair. Uh, but Nick was begging for the ball. Didn't get frustrated. Next offensive possession, what does Nick do? He fires a perfect pass right into the shooting pocket of Terry Rozier in the corner. Terry does a little scary shuffle, hits the three-point shot, um, and and helps uh, propel the Hornets into a fourth-quarter lead that they would give up. But wow, Nick Smith Jr., just doing some things. Again, you want to see those improvements throughout the season to defense, to passing, to just knowing where to be on the floor, executing plays. Those are the kind of things that are probably showing up in practice as well and will lead to him eventually solidifying a rotation spot on this team. Um, and didn't foul James Harden on a three-point shot. Oh, thank right? God. I mean, was, was, was guarding, was giving good effort, went up to challenge a shot, stepped to the side, didn't foul him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's James smart. Harden hit the, hit the three, okay? But uh, but 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 for a rookie, it's almost like you watch him and you can tell he's going 110 miles an hour. And it's just like if not to not to say he needs to slow down or or, or not give all that 110 percent effort, but it, like some of that smoothness to his game feels like it's it's coming. Uh, but to your point, like the passing is is getting there, and if he can just kind of get get into a nice zone of 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 of, of playing, maybe that comes with more minutes. Um, it feels like he can be a, a decent contributor here. Last last shout for me, whole team, and maybe even a little bit more Nick Richards too. Teams rebounding better. Yeah. Two good basketball teams that you played with Denver, who has the best center in the league, and Joel Embiid might have something to say about that, but we know what it is with Jokic. And you also have the Clippers, who are bigger at a lot of different positions. Maybe not – I mean, Zubats is a good player, but – Nick Richards had nine and eight defensive rebounds. I, I'm to the point where I don't care about the offensive rebounds anymore because I know he's just really good at that. How many defensive boards can you get to clean up the possession and get a stop? And so nine and eight only out rebounded by the Nuggets by one only out rebounded by the Clippers by three. I, I will I will lose rebounding battles if it's by a combined four against two good teams. It's just it's better than what we've seen. We got to the twenties in total rebounds. Like we've we've seen that before. So right. it's it's getting cleaned up a little bit here lately. But and and I agree. Nick Richards has looked better defensive rebounding wise. Uh, Miles Bridges continues to rack up double digit rebounding games. Yeah. Those are all important. But the Hornets have not been losing the the rebounding battle at the rim. They've been losing the rebound battle, these like mid to long rebounds mm, that guards that every and, and, right. Clifford talks about this all the time. All five guys have to rebound. It's not about mm-hmm. Nick Richards. It's not about Mark Williams. It's not about Miles Bridges. It's about all five guys. And what I've seen over the past couple of games is Terry Rozier in particular, but I saw Cody Martin run down a few loose balls 
and Nick Smith Jr. as well. I, I thought he was attacking those as well over the past couple of games. So that's what they need. They need the guards to step up and go hunt. They don't need them running back and trying to get transition buckets and cherry pick. They need those guys getting those long to mid defensive rebounds. The Hornets have been doing it, finishing possessions. That's going to be key once they get healthy. Bryce turned one into a transition opportunity last night early on, and so that was nice, too, to see a guard get aboard. All right, it's time, Doug. Why don't you set the scene with what you wanted to do here? Well, I just, uh, you know, I always pay attention to David's Twitter. It's uh, one of my favorite um, Twitter accounts uh, still out there. And so uh, (laughs) this one in particular, (laughs) this one in particular piqued my attention for, for, I think, reasons that are going to be obvious to folks out there Mm -hmm. who have been paying attention to this show for a while. So here's the tweet. Uh, First, it's actually a retweet, a quote tweet, if you will. Nick DePaula on Twitter (laughs) saying, Devin Booker is in an Air Max 95 inspired book one tonight. Eyeball emoji. And then a quote from Devin Book. Er, You'll see some familiar colorways that you might have seen in the past. To which David quote tweeted, deserves to hit no shots tonight. Oh, burn on Devin Snooker. David, I don't understand this at all because I don't (laughs) understand sneakers. I just recently got another pair of my Jeff Bezos fives. From right. Amazon, $43.99. Got them on a deal, regular price, $75. So I don't understand anything about sneakers. You'll have to explain this to me uh, because I do love the Devin Booker hate. Oh, well, yeah. And don't think I'm not fishing a little bit with these Devin Booker tweets. Just wondering who, when I can. Yeah, I know you're watching out there. So, yeah, so so this is the uh, the Devin Booker uh, signature shoe here. Walker, I don't know if you've been keeping up with these at all this year, but what they try to do with, the, I think it's the D-Book one, uh, they've tried to make this shoe look like Devin Booker's sweatpants, which are dusty and cut off at the bottom uh they've tried to make him like look plain you know it's this it's this constant battle of we need a cool shoe on the court and then we want something we can wear to the club or or whatever you know we're we're off the court and to me these are just way too plain and this is not an air max nine just because the colors of the air max 95 a classic shoe this doesn't look like the air max 95 the air max 95 is like one of the most uh design wise one of the most forward thinking still to this day shoes that we've ever seen and the d book one is like the complete opposite of that so just slapping these colors on to me doesn't make this a a, an homage to that shoe but yeah he's put out a ton of colorways in this one most of them just end up looking like a teardown i think nate jones on twitter sets a teardown of an air force one which again is the plainest shoe out there and and this this looks what does that mean (laughs) <laughs> well just like a just like a, a um you know a teardown of of a, a of a real signature shoe so like something that's 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 not you know quite that, as, exactly as and up. you know what all of that means you know what all that means it means that devin booker once again is trying to snooker people first it was basketball fans pretending like he was you know a dominant all nba guard that can win you playoff games <laughs> can win you finals games just because he can put up 70 doesn't mean that he's all of a sudden michael jordan here he is snookering consumers with this shoe that was a t- that is really just a teardown of whatever David was saying there, the Air, <laughs> Air, he, Air Force 95s. Is, is he, he shookering? Shookering? Is that what he's doing? Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, you. anytime I try to go there, you think something sounds dirty. I don't want to. Well, it's just word play. You've got to be yeah. careful these days.
Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. That's true. All right. Do we, we want to dismount on the snooker and the, the sugar? Is that what we want to dis? I mean, any final? I mean, look, we didn't mention P.J. Washington. I did mention that bad turnover, but I think we should shout out the fact that he gives you 18 points, 7 of 10 off the bench in a game in which the Hornets really struggled to score, and eight rebounds. Like, if, if P.J. could give the Hornets, not eight, it doesn't need to be 18, but man, if he could give the team 13 to 15 points off the bench and eight rebounds, really, I'm looking at the eight rebounds because that tends to be three rebounds, not eight rebounds. If he could give you that every game, <laughs> this would be a different Hornets team. Well, I, you I, could say that about a lot of guys. If they could do X, then this would be a different Hornets team. But they paid P.J. Washington, I think, in particular to give those kinds of performances, and we haven't necessarily seen those consistently. Well, and that so the rebound thing, whether they th- this is a different discussion, but there's so many times where if you pay attention to where PJ is, he's so much on the perimeter that he's always working at a disadvantage unless he's playing small ball five defensively. And so he's so many times on the perimeter, it's just harder for get him to get. I don't think he's a good board getter at all. Like I'm he's not good at it. But he's also not put in position to go get those rebounds just because of the way they want to play offense. And there are times where, I mean, how many times did you see PJ on the perimeter having to play pick and roll, hedging, and then trying to put a hand out on some of the three-point shooters? That's just where he is. And so that's why I think it's important for Nick Richards and Mark Williams, whenever he comes back, sorry, Josh, whenever he comes back, (laughs) that's why those guys have to gobble up all of the boards. But I'm with you, Doug. I thought... I, here's what I want from PJ consistently because the shot, I the shot's not falling after he was on a tear at the beginning of the season. It's just not falling. What did happen? I mean, I guess to be fair, at the the first three games of the year, PJ wasn't hitting from three, but he was still performing at a real efficient rate because he was finishing in the paint. That was playing alongside Lamelo Ball. No Miles Bridges. Now Miles comes back. It, when we talk about guys' roles switching so much. PJ is the first guy you look at because he's the one that can do it, even if it's not best suited for him. So he's often going to be put in way different situations. And you're asking him to do a ton of different things with all of the injuries that the Hornets have suffered. And so it's like, I just, I just want him to see a 50 game sample where this is your role. You get Mm. to perfect it. And that's what your identity is going to be, but you can't do it. And that's just because of all the injuries. And so, yeah, good game from him last night. And that's why I, I don't, I don't leave this game you know, angry at anybody. Thus is the three-legged dog example. That'll do it. Three-legged dog podcast today. David Walker helping us out as he does every week. You can find him on Twitter uh, at David B. Walker. Go check out Doug's Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. Listen to me on WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll be back with you tomorrow. 